Hello, uh, my name is Alex and I'm a renal registrar and I'm going to be talking to you uh, about acute kidney injury, um, which as I'm sure you know uh, is a big topic uh, and also um, something that uh, as a medical registrar you'll need to know about um, and definitely as a renal registrar or someone applying for renal training you'll be expected to have uh, some grasp of. Um, so hopefully this talk will be useful. Um, give you a few pointers that will give you that edge uh, interview. So um, just the caveat, it's a very big topic and so we won't be able to um, do a deep dive into all of the minutiae um, but hopefully this will give you a useful um, idea of some of the context uh, and some of the things that will be um, useful for the interview etc. So just a few objectives for today uh, in terms of what it would be useful for you to take away. So um, how we define AKI, including an awareness of some of the limitations of the criteria, uh, a bit of context in the evolution of the diagnostic criteria, which have changed over time slightly, uh, an approach to a patient with acute kidney injury, uh, indications for renal replacement therapy, uh, and an awareness of the long-term consequences of AKI. So before AKI, what was there? Well, there was this term, uh, acute renal failure. Uh, and what did, that what did that really mean? So um, there was no real specific consensus uh, about what that meant, no specific criteria, uh, which you could imagine um, was quite difficult then in terms of um, objectively saying who does and who does not have uh, renal failure, so acute renal failure. Um, over time, the definitions have evolved, and this gave us a lot more opportunities to research patients because we were able to um, uh, actually compare outcomes um, using some sort of framework, so a, a recognised unified framework for acute kidney injury, which is the same everywhere. Um, and acute renal failure or acute kidney injury, as it's now called, um, is, as I'm sure as you, you're aware, a uh, common problem and it probably uh, is increasing um, but also part of that increase is probably now due to better recognition now that we've got diagnostic criteria um, but also due to um, an ageing population um, with that lots of comorbidities and polypharmacy. So um, you'll see the number of hospitalisations uh, so for patients with um, acute kidney injury uh, is going up over time. For those of you who can um, can see the uh, slides there, so you'll see a graph that uh, over time uh, the number of um, hospitalizations for uh, patients with diagnosis of AKI is, is going up. Um, it doesn't really look like uh, on this data that we've got that is showing any kind of sign of leveling off yet, albeit that this, this graph is just um, uh, includes from 1996 to So a quick knowledge test. So which of the following is an acute kidney injury? So a 55-year-old female who weighs 50 kilograms with urine output of 40 mils per hour for six hours. Uh, an 18-year-old male with a creatinine of 130 
the current one having been 98 on blood test two days ago. A 78-year-old male uh, with a creatinine of 190 having been 175 two years ago. Uh, and a 51-year-old female uh, with a creatinine of 180 having last been 100 on a blood test 15 years ago. The first one uh, is not. The second one is. The third one is not. And the fourth one, um, we don't know because we've got no blood test in between. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that criteria that came so, uh, what diagnostic criteria exist for acute kidney injury? Well, so the first uh, criteria for acute kidney injury came um, around 2003, um, the rifle criteria. Uh, and so some of you will remember that um, the slide I showed you a while ago before with data from 1996 actually predated this criteria. So that was presumably using uh, the sort of uh, vague term acute renal failure. But in 2003, um, this group came together and they developed the rifle criteria. So classifying um, a renal failure, acute renal failure, basically into acute kidney injury, uh, into five uh, levels of uh, severity with um, uh, using this acronym rifle. So R is risk, I is injury, F is failure, loss um, is sort of loss of function, and E is end stage kidney disease. And so each one of those represents a um, greater um, severity of uh, renal impairment. And so the uh, there are there there are GFR criteria. Uh, or urine output criteria, and either one of those, uh, if they're met, can satisfy diagnosis. So for the first stage of risk, so you needed to have a GFR decrease of 25% or an increased serum creatinine 1.5 times, um, or a urine output of less than 0.5 mils per kilogram per hour for six hours. Um, and then as you um, increase in severity, you get to the injury stage. So um, increased serum creatinine times two, or a GFR decrease of more than 50%, and uh, sorry, or a urine output of less than 0.5 mils per kilogram per hour for 12 hours, and then for the failure, which is the next one, uh, it's an increase of creatinine by three times, or a GFR decrease of 75%, uh, or a serum creatinine greater than four milligrams per deciliter. Um, so uh, that's slightly different units to what we we use in the UK, where we use uh, micromoles. Uh, instead, and then for this, the oliguria criteria for this would be either anuria for 12 hours or urine output of less than 0.3 mils per kilogram per hour uh, for 24 hours. And then, if you've got a persistent acute renal failure, um, um, then then that's classed as loss. Uh, so that's kind of a loss of kidney function for more than four weeks. Uh, and then, if you have um, renal impairment that lasts uh, for uh, more than uh, severe renal impairment that lasts more than three months, and that's classed as end stage kidney classification. Following this um, was the Akin or Akin criteria in 2007. Um, again, they just tweaked this uh, slightly uh, until we got to get to the final iteration in 2012, which is the KDIGO, so Kidney Disease Improving Global Outcomes 
criteria. So these are worth knowing. So the key elements, uh, these, and you only need one of these to fulfill the definition. So an increase in serum creatinine uh, by greater than or equal to 26.5 micromoles per litre within 48 hours, or an increase in serum creatinine greater than or equal to 1.5 times the baseline known or presumed to have occurred within seven days, or urine uh, output less than 0.5 mils per kilogram per hour for six hours. So you only need one of these. Um, it's worth knowing this criteria. So this, you know, any of these would satisfy uh, stage one acute kidney injury, and we've got stage one uh, to three of increasing severity. And if once someone starts on uh, renal replacement therapy, such as dialysis, then you automatically trigger a three. Uh, and the other um, uh, things that can trigger a two or three are based on the increasing severity of creatinine rise uh, or uh, oligule. So it was stage one, two, and three, if you can see these, um, this diagram. So 1.5 uh, to 1.9 times the baseline uh, in less than, uh, sorry, 1.5 to 1.9 times the baseline uh, creatinine. Um, that's stage one, and if you're 2.2, 2 to 2.9 times the baseline, uh, then that's stage two. And then if you're uh, three times the baseline or increasing creatinine to 354 micromoles per litre or initiation of renal replacement therapy, then you're three. Uh, and then there's just uh, also some urine output criteria uh, as well, which is similar to the ones that I previously discussed. Um, so have a look at the slides if you can. It's definitely worth looking up okay, the KWG criteria and being aware of risk So what are some limitations of the current criteria? So uh, for the creatinine uh, part of it, you need a baseline. Creatinine takes a, a, some time to rise and fall, and therefore there'll be a lag in diagnosis. Um, can be affected by um, drugs that affect tubular secretion of creatinine, such as trimethoprim. It's affected by muscle mass. Uh, you can get hemodilution, a hemodilution effect from a large uh, fluid administration. Um, the kinetics of this is slightly complicated, and um, and so any sort of hemodilution effect might not last that long. But it, but it certainly uh, is a factor. So it, you know, because you're measuring concentration, it can be affected by changes in fluid status. Um, and there are various uh, endogenous and exogenous chromogens that exist which interfere with the assay. So the assay itself is not perfect. Uh, so other limitations, so urine output estimation is often poorly documented or often actually needs a urinary catheter uh, to be done reliably. Um, the urine output cutoff of 0.5 mils per kg per hour is probably a bit too sensitive in the sense that lots of people have physiological urea at that level uh, without developing any adverse renal secretion. Um, the 0.3 mils per kilogram per hour for six hours um, correlates better with, um, with the peak AKI stage, renal replacement therapy requirements and death. So that's probably a better cutoff uh, to use in terms of predicting uh, outcome. Um, and you know, morbidly obese patients um, might fulfill the urine output criteria without um, GFR change.